Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Barry is the podcast cat. I like that. We we had an honest conversation last week and we said we don't have a podcast pet and we need one. Right. We need a mascot. Yep. And I think Barry's the perfect candidate to he be really, this podcast. He really fits the mold. The this vicarious is, living podcast. This is obviously his trial period. This is his trial episode. It's kind mm. of an audition. Um, if he does good, we'll keep him on. If he's terrible, then obviously put him down. And it's perfect because, you know, you have cat-like reflexes. Yeah, I do. Sometimes people called you whiskers when you were growing up because you were curious like a cat. That would be the curiosity. So, I think it makes all the sense in the world that Barry is this podcast cat. He's the mascot. Okay, so, in this episode, we are going to cover four episodes of the OC. Episodes five through nine. Yeah, we just, uh, actually, we just chunked out a pretty good amount of the OC tonight. Yeah, we said we were only going to, like, breeze through uh, three and then watch episode, like, one of the episodes in its entirety, but then we ended up just... It was just so good that we kept going. Yeah, we dabbled, and then we just kind of, like, stayed instead of fast-forwarding in some of those other episodes. That's just the love. That's just the passion for the game coming out right there, so I don't, I don't blame us for that. Um, but the episode we're going to spend most time on is episode seven. That's where some meat happens. A meat sandwich. A lot of meat in episode seven. I agree. We Episodes five and six. Here's all the recap you need to know. Julie and Jimmy are cavorting around town like a bunch of fucking 16-year-olds hooking up for the first time. Touching dicks for the first time. It, they're, they're hooking up on his yacht. Um, when I say yacht, I severely overstate. He actually just has a little, like... It's his fuck boat. It's his fuck boat. Yeah, you were calling it that. It's, it's his little boat that he just has a bed in. If you get on that boat, if you're not directly related to Jimmy, odds are you're probably going to have to have sex with him on that boat. Or at least give Jimmy a hand job. At least. So, Julie and Jimmy are hooking up. I think all they were missing in their relationship is there just wasn't enough taboo. You know, they got married. There was the taboo, like him living directly next door to his ex, the love of his life, Kirsten Cohen. He needed that, yep. But for Jimmy Cooper, as we've realized, that taboo is not enough. You need more taboo to get by. So now that she is essentially married to his ex-girlfriend's dad. It's a perfect time to get back together. That's the perfect amount of ch- taboo that Jimmy likes. Yeah. His, ex, his ex-wife, who is, who is now married to his, the love of his life ex-girlfriend's dad. He's so bad at making decisions that he's a danger to himself. Correct. And for society, as we've seen. Like, he just, he can't function in, like, the constructs of, like, a society. No. So Jimmy and Julie hooking up in episodes five and six. All that stuff is going on with Ryan and Lindsay. Seth is still, like, hooking up with Olivia Wilde. 
and then Zach and Summer are still together. Nothing really has changed there. The only thing that's of note that we did talk about, you know, we put a seed in the ground and we and we've been watering it and we've been waiting for it to grow. Mm-hmm. And that seed was Caleb bribing city officials. He was in hot water last we spoke. Obviously, Sandy Cohen got him off. He got him right out of that hot water. He plucked him right out. He put him in a nice cool tub. Apparently, Sandy Cohen is Johnny Cochran, and he can just get you off of fucking anything. And he's done that once again. He probably was part of that OJ case a little bit. John Travolta didn't play him in that series with Cuba Gooding Jr. on OJ Simpson. Mm -hmm. He did not. He was playing, like, the other white lawyer. Was that uh, the Kardashian? No, but Sandy Cohen and the Kardashian guy were super tight. There was like, that was covered in that Cuba Gooding Jr. documentary. It was covered. Was Sandy Cohen in that? Yeah. That movie? As himself. (laughs) (laughs) He played himself. He was part of that team, dude. He's everywhere. He was part of that fucking team that got a guy literally away with murder. Okay, so anyways, the storyline there, though, that's important to note, is Caleb was bribing city officials, that's why he went to jail. But, twist alert, what did it end up being? It ended up being he was delivering money to someone who worked at the city council's office. Yeah. Not for a bribe, but no. as some back, back alley alimony payments that he didn't want anybody to know about. A little guilt trip payment, because... Renee Wheeler is Lindsay's mom. Wait, basically she works at the place that he was getting in all the hot water about for bribing. Yeah, it, they all thought he was like, he was bribing city officials to like get away with like getting permits and stuff. So like, here, I'll give you this money. Right, right, you give right. me the permits to build these properties and these different development deals. It was a classic twist. Classic. That it was, was a, a nice, sweet four to five episode arc. You think he's going to get taken down by the FBI, but really, he just has a daughter that... It's just an out-of-wedlock daughter that he's been paying off under the scenes uh, to make sure that his current daughter, daughters, don't find out that he just has illegitimate uh, children running around that he cheated on their mom with. So, anyways, yeah, that was that was really big news when, when we first saw that because it was like, God damn, we thought Caleb was a piece of shit for this one regard. Turns out... He's still a piece of shit. Still a piece of shit. But just it's kind of different. In a, a different flavor this time. He doesn't have to go for to jail for being this yeah. level. He was of piece probably of shit. still bribing city officials. He just didn't get caught for it. And you know what, Caleb Nickel, you know, last on the list in the county of Orange in terms of love from people. But I'd say number one on our list. We're now big, big Caleb defenders. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. So even him doing this bullshit. I didn't even bat an eye. I'm like, this guy, I'm still with him. I'm like, Sandy, I'm still with him. I'll defend him. He wasn't not paying. Yeah. Hey, you know. (laughs) He was (laughs) was giving money. I mean, supporting her whole life. I mean, and so I don't know if you you touched on this, but simultaneously we've been introduced with this character, Lindsay, and that turns out to be the daughter. Yeah, yeah. So that was a crazy thing because it's like, all of a sudden, now you're getting into some weird territory with like, wait a second, Brian is the adopted son of Kirsten, so now if Lindsay is Kirsten's half-sister, then that makes Lindsay Ryan's half-adopted aunt. Yeah, I think you nailed that. 
who he's having sex with. Here's my thing. Okay, so where do you come down on this being weird or not? Because I'm very much in the camp that I don't know why they're so awkward about it. it I'm in the camp I feel of, like it would change nothing if you learned this. It's not weird because it's like Ryan's been adopted in. He's from Chino, dude. Yeah. He's not even from Orange County. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Different area code. Isn't that the rule? Well, they're acting like, like, oh, now she's part of the family, you're part of the family. That kind of makes you like sisters. and Brother and sister. Brother and sister. Yeah, no, I know. that They just, they made that taboo because... They played that up way too much. I feel like, if anything, it'd be like, oh, this is kind of convenient. Yeah, it's like, hey, now like we don't have to go to two different family parties for Thanksgiving. The only, the way they should have played this drama, and the only way it makes more sense is, no matter what happens with Lindsay and Ryan... She's still going to be sisters with Kirsten and part of the family. So it's like, should we keep doing this dating thing? Because it could either, A, yeah. we end up being together forever and get married and then it's awesome. Um, or B, we, we date for two years and then something terrible happens for the rest of my life. I'm like... I need to see you every time I go over to my aunt's house to watch Thursday football and eat turkey. Absolutely. And see you hooking up with... With your new, with your new fiance Rob. So that's the storyline. I mean, no disrespect to Josh Schwartz, because I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I do. Yeah. I don't want this to come off disrespectful to him, but I feel like they should have played that that drama differently. It should get some blood involved. It should have been like, listen, this is too close. I don't think we should go this way. I think At least have it should. The, the awkwardness of them being incestuous just fucking doesn't play for me. Yeah, I mean, look, unless there's blood involved. Don't you dare come to me with incest talk. Yeah. Which apparently is huge these days. We'll, <laughs> we'll leave that there. That, we'll leave that there. Um, okay, so that's episodes five and six. That's just a quick ten minute recap on that. Um, episode seven. This is where we spend the bulk of our time. We, we were kind of in the shallow end of the pool for episodes five and six. And now we have just treaded a little water and then made our way onto... The diving board and went right into the deep end. Yes, we did. So, the deep end is episode seven. Um, I want to kick kick it off with: Does Julie have the right to be mad at Caleb for for doing this shit? Because she's she's like getting really pissed at him, and she leaves and goes and joins Jimmy's fuck boat, and and just hangs out and has sex with him, while Caleb's like fighting all this bullshit. And then she's getting really pissed at him, but it's like, hey, bitch. That's what she signed up for. Uh, one, that's what she signed up for. Two, this what he didn't cheat on you. This was 17 years ago. This is before you guys even knew each other. He cheated on his other lady that he was yeah, with. Yeah, I have no idea. She. Do you it have the seems right like to she has no ground. She has no ground to stand on in terms of getting pissed off. So I get it. Yes, you can be mad about the fact that in the six and a half months that you guys have been married, for that amount of time, he's been lying to you about making payments, about having an illegitimate child. Once again, that kind of stuff she signed up for. Totally. I mean, he's throwing he... money under the table left and right. Where his money's barely on the table. It's That's usually under the Not table. a single cent. So, I mean, you have, I don't think you have much right. But then, then the other part of my brain was thinking, I think she just wanted a legitimate excuse in her mind to rationalize going and having sex with another yeah, guy. Like, oh, this isn't cheating. It's not cheating. Because my husband, I'm mad at him. Yeah. Yeah, she looked for any excuse to get mad so she could jump on that fuck boat. 
Okay, so keeping keeping it in light of this fucking fuckboat that Jimmy lives on, this first clip is Marissa giving it to James the Snake Donovan Cooper. Pretty fucking decent. And it's because cause now she's still dating DJ. So, you know, that guy hasn't fucked off yet. So, okay, time to meet the parents, DJ. Come meet my dad. I love my dad. She for some reason decides that DJ is going to meet her dad at 11 o'clock at night and she's going to come unannounced. So in that sense, I don't totally blame Jimmy for being up to something nefarious. Just let's put it this way. If you're going to go meet Jimmy for anything, announce yourself. Yeah. There's about a 90% chance he's up to something scummy. Totally. It's like we were talking about in earlier episodes, you know, being a parent, coming in on your If you're going to have a relationship with Jimmy in any way... Just treat that relationship like your son is up in his bedroom with the door closed. And he's 15 and a half years old. Yes. Come in hot. A lot of bells and whistles on. A lot. Call anything. Call, yell, like maybe have one of those air horns and just always have it on you when you're going to see Jimmy Cooper. And just fucking blast the air horn. Yeah. So she, this is our first clip, she is coming in. Then her and DJ, classic OC scene from a distance, you see some stuff, then you music plays and you walk out or you walk away. Nothing gets addressed. Then the next day, come back and address it. So she is coming to the boat to address her dad on why the fuck are you hooking up with mom? My ex mom. Valid question. Let's see. Kiddo. Hey. Why did you and DJ cancel on me today? It just wasn't a good time. I had a lot of homework, and he was really tired. You were busy making out with Mom. What? Okay. Look, I know how it must have looked. Yeah, it looked a lot like it used to when you would kiss Mom. But you know, that was before she was married to someone else. Look, I wanted to talk to you about it. We both wanted to talk. How could you get back together with her? I mean, don't you remember how she ruined your life and mine? Things are different now. Oh, really? So you're not back to lying, cheating, and sneaking around again? You know, for once, I wish you would just grow up and be like a real dad. Aggressive. Pretty aggressive. But justified. Pretty sweet line. Obviously a hilarious line to tell somebody to grow up. Who's your dad? Who's your dad? Yeah. Again, so two thoughts. One... This would go very differently in my household. We've talked about this in the past with like Sandy and Seth when Seth kind of goes like, Dad, what do you think? Do you think this is a me problem or do you think this is a you problem? What's this really about, Dad? Is yeah, that, I had the same feeling when I was watching this, which is like, that would not go that way in my household. It'd be like, hey, Dad, why don't you grow up? Oh, God, I would just be physically assaulted by my parents like the disregard for any sort of respect for the elders in this county is is wild the it's el- through the roof the elders in this county get zero respect no respect at all and then but then my second Besides Caleb because he he earns it but then yeah but then my second thought is Jimmy deserves no respect so I actually, I hate the fuck out of Marissa, but like in this instance, it's, I, I don't blame her. Okay. So now we're going to play our next clip because just when I start to think like Marissa is being ridiculous by not respecting her elders, 
Then we go to this clip where Jimmy is just refreshing us on his year. In case you forgot. In case you forgot. So here How it is. How big of a fuck up he is. Here we go. I love Newport, but it's, it's no good for me right now. In the last year, I've nearly been arrested and bankrupt for stealing from my clients. I got punched out at my daughter's cotillion. I lost my house, my family. I tried to kiss you, which I, I, I still feel terrible about. I spent the summer drunk on a boat with your 25-year-old sister. And now I'm getting back together with a woman who, who started this in the first place. So, when would you go? All right, so just to be clear, the the highlights of the past year for, for Jimmy the Snake Donovan Cooper include busy. getting punched out at his daughter's cotillion, swindling away half of the residents of this county's money in a Ponzi scheme, he tried to make out with the girl and guy he's talking to right now, his wife, right? His ex-girlfriend. Basically his only good friends. His only good friends. He tried to make out with her. Oh, he's been dating her 25-year-old sister. Uh, well, now he's trying to get back with his ex-wife who pretty much ruined his life. Yeah. And so it's just like, God damn, he's been busy. And I, I don't, I don't mind Marissa kind of telling him to grow up because if that is the year that you've had someone's got to tell him to grow the fuck up do you know what I think is going to solve this problem for him moving to Maui <laughs> yeah so chartering yachts another perfect bang up idea from James the Snake Donovan Cooper I feel like they should they, they want to say that to him but they want him to leave so bad that they're just going to be like oh yeah no go go do that go buy a business in Maui chartering yachts what they really should say is maybe, maybe just don't do that. How about brainstorm a different solution? But hey, they're just look, like, oh, anything. Hey, anything look, you know what? Out. In a brainstorming session, no idea is bad. No idea is a bad idea. We're just throwing stuff That's on the true. wall. That's so true. you know what? No big deal. Um, but let's uh, let's keep thinking. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. On okay, I like that. That's good. What else? Yeah, not bad stuff. But maybe let's let's keep the ideas flowing here. Yeah. I th- th- so. Just get your shit together, dude. Like, fuck. You're like in your 40s, 50s, whatever the fuck age he is. Like, just get your shit together. Usually these kind of characters that, like, mess up constantly like this. And just then, get like, murdered? Well, no. Usually, like, you still kind of like them. They have, like, redeeming qualities to balance it out. You know, like, oh, like, in Friday Night Lights, Tim Riggins could literally do anything. And you're just like, oh, it's classic Riggins. He'll, he'll get him back. Yeah. But in this, you just constantly hate him. He never, no, that's true. He's not cool enough to like bounce back from these situations. He doesn't do things that win himself back in the eyes of all of his friends and his daughters. Okay, his so that's it's a, just yeah. he's just on a downward slide, and it does not get better. That's a really good point because so true. That what I think what happens is they have Julie Cooper and Summer Roberts, where characters that were not part of the show. Who then, they have some sort of redeeming thing, and they become main characters. Jimmy was a main character, and he actually got delisted yeah. from the crew. He's getting fucking, Let's he's getting shit. They getting just keep off. trying to kill him off. Yeah, he's, he's getting here. killed off to like some venture, quote unquote venture in Maui. So whatever the fuck that is. I don't know if intern Whitney is laughing at us or just choking on her drink. <laughs> She's sneezing in the background. Oh, my God. We're going to bring her on in a second. So, about Julie Cooper. 
she was kept in. And you're talking about like people like Tim Riggins, and we're going to spend a whole lot of time on him because we're definitely going to do Friday Night Lights. Perfect. Julie Little Cooper. Teaser. Julie Cooper is one of those redeeming quality people where she is such a fucking bitch. But there's something about her that you just kind of like, you root for. Yeah. You know? And we're not going to get to this, so I'm just going to, a little bonus clip here. I'm going to put another clip in here. And it's what we were talking about earlier about Julie's most famous line of all time, which she says in season three, which we might not get to. So I'm just going to play it here. Now. I think it's time you left, don't you? This town's only really big enough for one manipulative bitch. Take care, sweetie. That's why you go, fuck yeah. Like, this is our bitch. There's something redeeming about her where you're just like, this is our chick. Jimmy's not our chick. He's not our chick. What would be so sweet is if this is flashing forward again... If they brought in a character like Volchak or if, um, you know, some other shitty Johnny. character. No, Johnny was a nice guy. Um, who's the guy with the armband that worked with Ryan? Oh, Donnie? Donnie. Yeah. Yeah. Some other guy like that. And Jimmy redeems himself with a line similar. And he's like, listen, I'm the only fucking scumbag in the OC. You need to get out of here. <laughs> he listen, something like pussy. that. He needs I'm something like that. I'm the only piece of shit scumbag who swindles all of the county's money and screws up his entire daughter's life. Yeah, yeah like, like just, listen, Bullcheck, I'm the only guy who lets Marissa down. Now you need to get out of here. There's one final thing I want to say about this Jimmy Cooper telling, uh, highlighting his accolades from, from 04. Kirsten and Sandy react to this as if someone is asking you to go to a party or if they can come to a party with you that you really don't want to come. Like, hey, I heard you were going to uh, Steve's house tonight. You going to Steve's? Oh, maybe. I don't I don't know. I might stay in. Oh, sure. could, oh, so could I, should we go together? Yeah, but like I said, I might go. I, I, I might not. If I do, it might be a little late. Do you think I wouldn't have fun there? Yeah, no, it's it's not really. It's only gonna be a couple. Will, there's only gonna be a couple people there. Just I think it is my out. scene, though. I feel like uh, I'll. You might be bored there. No, I you you could vouch for me. No, I I would totally like. Listen, if I really wanted to go to this party, Steve, we, likes we, we you. could we could carpool together. But right. it's just like I don't really want to go because it's gonna be lame. Well, I'm already at your house. Steve likes you, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no. So Steve's we'll just cool. go together. That's that is how. They literally handle Jimmy saying he's moving to Maui. There's no sort of... They say no, don't go. Like, no, what? Don't Don't do that. Don't do that. But Jimmy has no idea how to behave in this world. Yeah. So he just isn't picking up. Per usual, those sort of... Like, you knew in that scenario, I didn't want you to come to the party. But the Jimmy Coopers in the world, they never know. Yeah. They never know. They I'll never, drive. That's I'll, why they I'll be suck. The D, I'll be the DD, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's why those people suck, because they aren't self-aware to know that shit. Um, last thing I'll say about this scene is, that, that not the Julie Cooper clip, but the one that we did with Jimmy Cooper outlining his, his accolades from, from 2004. Mm-hmm. Banner year, by the way. 04, big year for, for James Cooper. Um, great year for this guy, though, because... 04 is the year that KG won the MVP award. 
No big deal. No big deal at all. 24 points. Points a game. We also 13.9 rebounds. It's really no big deal. Whole season. 97% of the MVP first place votes that year. Highest of all time. Congratulations. Also that year, 04. The only year uh, that an NBA player has led the entire NBA in total rebounds and total points. Wow, that's impressive. Did we, did we talk about on the podcast, now that we're getting into KG, uh, kind of mingled with the OC, where you actually did go really early in the morning to Malibu to God, see if you could no. see him on the beach? Yeah, so fun fact about me and Pat, and we are going to just get all of our, our six months worth of LA stories in uh, before we finish the OC. Um, huge KG fan, Kevin Garnett fan, NBA basketball player, my whole life. I think anybody listening to this knows this. They should. Um, I've watched every single game, every single minute of every single game he's ever played in. That summer, he was still in the NBA. It's 2009. And we, I knew that every single summer, he would go live in his Malibu house and run on the beach at like 5 in the morning. So the night before, I, I knew all summer, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. One of the, this is my chance to meet KG. I'm in L.A., he's in L.A., we're both here. All I got to do is wake up at like 4 o'clock in the morning when it's still pitch black dark outside, drive the 45 minutes to Malibu or half check, hour. Check to see if Pat wants to come. And then have you know a co-pilot with me on this mission so I don't have to fucking do it by myself. So I asked Pat the night before, all the enthusiasm in the world, complete enthusiasm, he was 100% in alarm clock goes off that next morning uh by the way we were sharing a bedroom in los angeles because of how expensive it is we were sharing a bedroom my alarm clock goes off so obviously that means pat hears it and wakes up as well um i get up i get up to go i try and get pat to go crickets he doesn't come sorry man classic pat let me down i drive there by myself five o'clock in the morning drive to malibu Still dark. By the way, had no idea. I was not sure where in Malibu. I just knew it was on the beach. <laughs> so I didn't realize that was long. this pre Google. It was back when we talked about like you had MapQuest and stuff. So I MapQuested my way to yeah. Malibu, and then I just kind of slowly drove up and down the the one, which is the highway that runs you know parallel to it. Just looking for seven foot tall black guys. <laughs> and didn't find him. <laughs> you know, at the time, another creepy thing about me is I found on Google. You had no, I, for some reason in my mind, I thought you knew like kind of where his house was. I did. That's what I was going to say is I, like you can look up like stars houses on yeah. Google or something. So I found like his house. Like that just seems like an invasion of privacy. Like I don't know why that's allowed. I don't know but they that. allowed it. And I got it. And I went into full fucking stalker mode, and I and I went to his house. It's like gated, and I'm standing out there, and there's a sign on the front gate that just says "All press bring and ask for this person or whatever," because I guess he has a lot of press who comes in and like has interviews with him and stuff. Anyways, um, I just stood there at the gate, not knowing. I had no plan. I didn't know what to fucking do. So I was just like standing at his gate for like seven and a half minutes. Which felt like an hour and a half. And then the creepiness just outweighed the potential of meeting my lifelong childhood hero. Right. And so then I just went back to just 
driving slowly up and down the one looking for tall black guys. Never found him. And then just drove all the way the fuck home. I mean, I credit you for putting uh, yourself in the fate of the hands of fate. Here's what I kept saying. You just myself. threw yourself into the wind and hoped yeah. something good would happen, which here's, is awesome. Here's what I always say to myself, is I just like way out. How, how pissed am I going to be if I don't do this? Am I going to like look back and go, I was there for six months and I never tried to meet my hero. Yes, I definitely would if I went the whole six months without ever look trying. So I was like, one day I'll do it so I can at least say I tried. And now I can say I tried and I failed. They, don't worry about it. I think you're a better man for it. Yeah. I mean, it's probably one of the only times I've been up at that hour. So it's just interesting to see that. But yeah. Okay. Back to Jimmy Cooper. And actually, this is perfect. I was just talking about self-awareness. That idiot not being self-aware enough to know that everyone thinks he's a loser douche. The OC has officially, and subsequently, Josh Schwartz, and the OC have officially become, they're about as self-aware as the movie that um, Deadpool. There's, here's a couple examples. Seth, in season two, they've become so self-aware that Seth is calling out Ryan's choker and leather wrist guard, like in a joking way. Seth's still trying to keep Olivia Wilde with him and stuff, so he's like, I gotta be tougher, I gotta wear wife beaters and like wear Ryan's old clothes. They're so ahead of the curve, they're basically stealing our material. Yeah. Like stuff that we would make fun of and talk about, they're already beating us to it, which... They're doing our job for yeah. us. We don't like that. Not at this podcast studio. They're taking money out we of our jobs. pockets. Yeah, we got jobs. Um, so he's calling it out and it's kind of like a play on like them realizing that that fashion choice was ridiculous in season one. They also have a thing where Seth calls out Lindsay vomiting when she gets really drunk at girls night, which we'll cover in a little bit. Um, a lot of getting drunk in this episode. A lot yeah. of underage binge drinking. We don't condone that. No. We don't. We don't condone that. Kids. Tip for the kids. This is our tip for the kids. We do not condone underage drinking. We wouldn't stand for that. So kids... Don't drink. But if you are going to drink, drink White Claws. Yeah. Safer. Perfect. Second thing is that Seth calls out Lindsay throwing up as much as the girl from The Ring. Who we know as... I was going to say Misha Barton, but yeah, Marissa Cooper plays that little girl in The Ring. Another play... What? She's in Sixth Sense. Fuck. God damn it, Petey. All right. Intern Whitney... This is why this is why we this is why she's here. This is why she's here. She's here to fact checks and she did some digging. Nice. She caught the only mistake that we've ever made on this podcast. She caught she caught the only mistake we've ever made. So way to go, intern Whitney. It is the sixth sense. It is not the ring. Massive fuck up by me. I will punish myself later for that. Please do. Without a doubt. Third thing of self awareness is he says, Oh, I think I saw that on the valley. So the Valley is essentially their world's OC. Yes. And they always like make comments about like kind of poking fun at the show The Valley and it's kind of like them poking fun at themselves. And then it's almost like a double self-awareness when they bring in Sherman Oaks, The Real Valley, because that's a play on Laguna Beach, The Real Orange County that started happening in like season three of when the OC was airing. This is blowing my mind. Yeah, Schwartz. God. Schwartz is on a different level, dude. He's like in a fifth dimension. Yeah, he beat Christopher Nolan to all this stuff. We're all in two dimension, three dimension. Mm -hmm. What are we in? 
Uh, we're in three dimensions. We're in three. Shorts not is including in... time. Okay. Fourth dimension. Shorts is in five. Yeah, we're basically like ants walking along a two-dimensional plane, having no idea of the third dimension, until Shorts comes in and fucks Schwartz us comes off. in and shows us yeah. what what up is. It's it's him and that uh, him and that big time scientist guy who can't speak. Uh, Stephen Hawking. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Josh Schwartz. Thank you, Stephen Hawking. You guys are both heroes. Yeah. And, you know, so anyways, let's get to your tip. From, besides my tip for the kids, which is, kids, drink White Claws. What's your, what's your tip? Uh, my tip for the kids is if you do drink those White Claws, basically there's a lot of teen drinking in this. It just always goes wrong, and <laughs> they just get caught red-handed with this. But my tip for the kids is if you are going to drink and if you are going to be dumb about it and get caught, just totally own it. Like Seth Cohen does. Yeah, he does. When his dad like catches him coming yeah. back, drunk. he's like, "Oh, yep, I'm drunk." And then the whole next day, he's like, "I'm super hungover. I'm gonna walk around in a robe." And it's like, how mad are you gonna get at your kid if he's just, he's not even ashamed about it? He's just like, "Oh, yeah." I mean, it piggybacks really nicely into what we were saying last episode about how if you're self-aware, you get away with so exactly much yeah shit. that that's a good way to put it so it's it's again it's it's i like how you tied it into a tip for the kids because i don't mind telling the kids like kids just become more self-aware like yeah. goddamn. like if for example you get caught with a couple mike's hard lemonades in your friend's trunk and their mom finds out hypothetically i mean hypothetically we, that is speaking. a complete hypothetical that obviously has never happened to one of us sitting in this room. Instead of lying about this whole situation, saying, I don't know where those came from, just, you know, own it up. Be like, yeah, I'm sorry. Those are actually my Mark's Hard Lemonades. Um, that's on me. That's on me. I can't drink beer yet. Uh, it's not things flavored gonna, enough. You're still going to get in trouble, but things are going to go a lot smoother for you, and people are going to have a lot more respect for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Self-awareness, you get away with so much more shit. I mean, you really do. Like... Own it, kids. Own it, kids. Own it. Um, the 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 thing that I was thinking that when you were talking about Seth getting drunk though was he has a scene where he takes a shot and uh, God he played that so perfectly of exactly what it's like taking a shot. Here I got I got actually got a little cup of liquor here. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and reenact. <laughs> so just, so right, just I'll tell you the face he's making. Yeah, let me let me see if I can uh, kind of reenact what he had going there. And just to give you a visual, Pat's taking a sip of a neat, neat drink, and now it looks like he's going to spit up like a baby. He's going to spit up, which he has done in life. He has done that in life. (laughs) Didn't you spit up a shot once? Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was, uh, like, it was a Burnett's vodka, followed by a Orange Fanta Chaser. (laughs) Orange Fanta Chaser. I'm going to say it went down the wrong tube and it came up on the carpet. (laughs) And you spit it up exactly like a baby would would spit up when you're burping it. Yeah, it was was humiliating, for sure. Yeah, and then I think, and then I think too, like, for that time I took that shot, like, we were, we were in the, we were in the villas at, at our, at our old stomping grounds of Indiana University and, I said I was just going to go take a shot really quick before I went back to my villa. I took said shot and then made a face that it's not like you're smelling the worst like fart of all time. It's kind of like that fart that you're smelling is in your mouth. Got in your mouth And it's in you. It's choking you down. Yeah. The fart's in you. And it's, yeah, it's, it's all, it's like sulfur. Like you're smelling sulfur. 
Another, another tip for the kids, don't let your friends see your weakness. Don't let don't your friends see you make that face when you're taking some of your first shots. Definitely always have a chaser nearby, kids. And if you don't, turn the other way when you make that face because it's a bad fucking look. Yeah. You probably won't live it down even when you're 31 years old. Um, another bad look on this show is fashion-wise. A lot of undershirts being worn under collared shirts. What we're looking at on the screen right yeah. now is really annoying me. Sandy with a super deep V sweater with a crew neck black undershirt under it. Looks terrible. You don't... That was that was a thing. Like, I remember, God, in the eighth grade, you were not cool if you... Because we had to wear uniforms in our grade school. I know you did, too. Mm-hmm. You weren't cool unless you had a really colored, like a bright orange or like a blue shirt underneath your white collared, like a uh, polo shirt, your uniform. Oh, yeah. Showed yeah you, okay. mean, you meant business, like mm-hmm. in the eighth grade. Um, so I guess, sure, I got my uniform, white shirt on, but underneath I got a, a t-shirt on that is a tournament t-shirt and it's got all the games listed on yeah. the back and you can kind of see it. You can kind of see it through. Like it was such a cool thing to do. Um, nowadays... No one, no dudes are really wearing undershirts under like button downs or anything like that. Uh, undershirts are just, they're out. You don't need that chunkiness. Streamlining things. Streamlining. Um, I want to get into my MCITW of the week. Are you okay with that? And Absolutely. MCITW of the week. This is the Mercy Cooper is the worst of the week. Brought to you by our fine, fine young budding company sponsors of Wicklow Wear. W-I-C-K-L-O-W. Wear. Get all your outdoor gear at wicklowwear.com. Be free and explore. Type in VL at checkout. Get 10% off your order. Be free and explore Wicklow Wear. Okay, Marissa Cooper's worst of the week. Another blacked out public breakdown mm-hmm. for Marissa. Marissa handles her liquor at public functions about as well as no one I've ever seen in my life. She gets blacked out because she's all pissed because her dad, Jimmy the Snake Donovan, is is moving to Maui, so she just downs... What was she drinking? Tequila? I think it was tequila. No, that was a, a racist comment made by Julie Cooper, because she showed up with DJ, who oh. I believe is Mexican, and Julie goes, oh. oh, let me guess, tequila. I didn't catch that racism. Yeah. Good catch by you on that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you're always looking out for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so racist comment there. But um, yeah, she got blacked out. She goes there. She says some very mean things at Jimmy's goodbye party. Um, fun fact about Jimmy, he loves rot lobster rolls. Mm-hmm. We don't care. Not at all. If that was a uh, Caleb Nickel fun fact about things he loves, we would have been all over it. Yeah, because we're eventually going to throw a Caleb Nickel themed party. We are going to do that. Um, I was thinking... Is there anything worse than being the boyfriend of a drunk girl? Like a blacked out drunk girl? No. Who you're with in public? Absolutely not. Oh, God. It's only happened a couple times to me, to be honest. It hasn't happened much, but those couple times stand out. They stand out. All you're thinking is like, God, please just stop. Please stop. Please anything. don't do this. Anything. Can I just disappear? Can this just... Can we over? leave? Like, can we just go... And then, like, that's always met with, like, an extra, I'm not leaving. Like, an extra emphatic, I'm not leaving. And it's just such a bad look. Especially if they're, like, falling on the ground. And then it's just, like, disgusting. <laughs> you're just with, like, a disgusting, pathetic girl. I would say, I'll, I'll add that to lists of, I know, 
it's pretty much a turnoff for me, but I know for sure that it is for you. Yes. Sloppy, blacked out. Yes. I don't think anybody likes that. Well, there's probably creepy dudes who are into that, but... Mm, creeps with, with roofies on hand, but that isn't me. No. You know? Um, We're creepy okay. in, in, in a different way. Yeah, like we'll, we'll stalk KG, yeah. our childhood basketball hard, hero at 5 a.m. in Malibu. Yes. That's that's like where our creepiness begins and ends. Mm-hmm. Not not you, but but me. Um, okay, so that's my. It not, I mean, again, don't don't do that. Just don't do that. That's Marissa. That's just you sucking per usual. You've done it again, and on this podcast, you will continue to do it. And this segment will never go away. It might still be there when we're doing other shows because your suckiness reverberates through the entire, not only in the entire county of Orange, but the entire world. You fucking suck. Brought to you by Wicklow Air. Be free and explore. Okay. I want to bring intern Whitney in. Whitney, it's high time. Bring Barry. Bring the mascot Barry in here. We had to bring Whitney in because a lot of hot topics that we were discussing throughout the the episode. And we had some very good back and forth. And we were thinking to ourselves, while we're continuing to not pay Whitney every single week for this podcast... Why don't we continue to not pay her and just have her work a little more for her no money? She does get 10% off Wicklowware, though. Excellent True. Pick. You also get that deal, Whitney. That is not <laughs> exclusive to everyone but you. Okay. Um, intern Whitney. Lindsay, who's been dating Ryan, is getting really jealous of Ryan's ex-girlfriend, Marissa, because she dresses really nice and she's tasteful. She's rich. Has taste. You're So you said in that moment, you were like... She said something like, the reason she's insecure is because, alluding to the fact that Marissa Cooper is extremely attractive, and that's his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, why would I be jealous only because you have the most beautiful, richest, like, most attractive ex-girlfriend of all time? Yeah. Where Ryan dropped the ball is that in those instances, this this could be a tip for the kids, too, I guess. And a big tip for the dudes. How do dudes handle that? Because... That happens a lot where girls are saying something and we're, we're thought to have something cocked and loaded. Yeah. And we don't. Yeah. Well, basically, anytime a girl is pitting another girl up against herself, if you care about this girl, your response, your fail, like you fail proof. Fail safe. Response, fail safe, fail yeah. proof, whatever you want to call it. Response is always to say, yeah, but you are much prettier. You're much better. You're much smarter. You're much... I mean, it's just at, she's searching for affirmation. So if you do care about this girl, you gotta get it. Toss her some affirmation. Give her the words of affirmation yeah. that she's desiring. Yeah. It's, Brian did not. Brian's not something. a words of affirmation guy. And he's still he's hung up on Marissa. So Brian's telling. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan's not. Has that ever happened to you where Whitney's looking for, you know, you guys are engaged now. She's looking for some words of affirmation and, and do you always deliver? I always come through. What do you think? I say 99% of the time. I try not to fish. Well, 99% is pretty good because I bat like 32%. On that. <laughs> I am we'll not have to gonna, work on that. I'm always, I'm a, I'm a, I always got a keen eye out, out for the fishing. You don't do it that often yeah. at all. But if it, if it does come my way, I'm like, I got this one. I'm going to step in. Yeah. I always back to like, I remember even in like grade school art class. Girls would be like, oh my god, this is so bad. Like, I'm yeah. so bad at drawing. Like, look at my thing. It's so bad. And it's just like... No. Yeah. It's it, pretty. It's, what do you want me to say? No, it's, it's pretty. Bullshit. You're pretty. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. 
It's fine artwork, lady. <laughs> yeah. Get off me. So I learned, I think I learned my lesson in early in grade school that you say, no, it's actually, it's way better than mine. Like, you drew a really good picture of a panther. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You never agree. Basically, if a girl says anything negative about themselves, do Bo- not agree. Booster you know what sucks? Booster. booster. She needs a booster. Booster. This happens with Anna, where she is a words of affirmation person like that. Yeah. So she she's always looking for that, like, just getting, that's where she gets her boosts from. Mm -hmm. And I'm not wired that way. I'm never looking out for it because I'm always just like, I don't need that. You know, I'm never searching for it. That's why I think like, uh, that, that you're using the love languages. Look that up. Oh, I'm using them. I'm using them. You know what I, oh shit, which one am I? I am an, I'm an access service guy. So am I. Guilty as charged. Access service as well. That's probably but, why you're not fishing. Maybe Pat's the words of affirmation guy. Does Pat ever come to you and say, Whitney, do these pants make me look fat? <laughs> All the time. All the and time. do you have cocked and loaded that yeah. no? No, his pants never make him look fat. Yeah. To, Whitney has, actually has great words of affirmation. I don't need to fish. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. I, just, I just throw them out. But don't do it in a meaningless way. I will say that's the one Yeah, you got to mean it. Yeah. Or You got to act like you mean it. Yeah. Be, be genuine. Yeah. Or at least get good. Cry when you behavior. cry when you do it. Yeah, cry when you say it. Yes. Don't act. Don't sound sarcastic. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Kids, just listen to all this. I mean, literally, this we just so call this episode of, tips for the kids. So much wisdom. So you guys navigated that minefield fine. I want to toss out another one that you guys might might have fun navigating through, and that is talking about. Are we still on the? I think we're still on the Lindsay Marissa thing, right? Like, why does she care about Ryan's? previous relationship yeah so there was another instance where there Lindsay's trying to drill into his past and Ryan doesn't want to talk about it he's like yeah that's an ex like moving on so as I delicately navigate my way through this I would just like to get your thoughts intern Whitney from a girl's perspective is there a need to find out more about the past because I feel like dudes don't really want to know that stuff and I feel like any relationship I've been in or friends relationships I've seen, it always seems like there's proficiencies to get into a fight over the girl wanting to talk about it and the guy just not. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah. From a girl? This is one of my favorite topics, so I'm glad you guys brought me in for it. Mm. Uh, Pat and I have actually had this discussion on several occasions. Um, I think where it comes from is that especially early on in a relationship, I don't know if it's a female-male thing, but I think, at least, like, from my perspective, I'm excited to get to know, like, everything about you. Oh, it's wanting to know the whole the Yeah, whole it's like, I want yeah. to know about your family. I want to know about your friends. I want to know about where you've been, what your experience is. So that doesn't make you but, feel bad, though? Because, like, it makes me feel bad. Of, like, to know I don't, about the ex. Yeah, like, I don't want to well, think about you well, here, up. But, see, that's not where my mind's going. I mean, when my mind goes there, yeah, I don't like it. But I'm seeing it as, like, a formative thing about you. So, like... What have you liked about past girlfriends? What have you not liked about past girlfriends? Why did it work? Why did it not work out? Because I'm thinking the whole time, like, it's almost like doing your research on, like, is this going to work with us? Is this not going to work with us? And so I think that's one part, is, like, figuring out what it means for your relationship. I think the other part is, is are you still hung up on this ex? Because you have to figure that out before you get too involved. Oh. Because if you start to feel too much for that person that's hung up on their egg, that's a nightmare. So. Okay, so one, it's like the on the first point you said, it's like because you want to figure out what they're all about, know yeah. the full picture of them. 
And then also maybe if there was some pitfalls that have like happened to him in the past, like this girl wore Uggs, he hates fucking Uggs. Yeah. Note to self, yeah. never wear Uggs. Then the second one is what you said. The that second I, one is more of finding out are they still hung up on this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because you don't want to compete with that. But the other thing I want to say. That's interesting. So Pat had a really funny, I don't know if you'll remember this, quote to me when we were going through this phase in the relationship and I was asking you a billion questions and you were tired of it and I was trying to get to why didn't your past relationships work out and you said to me, you go, are you just trying to figure out what's wrong with me? (laughs) (laughs) And I'll never forget that line. And I was like, yeah, kind of. What am I on trial here for? (laughs) God damn. (laughs) Yeah, I think dudes... What am I missing? What did they not like about you? (laughs) Yeah, what sucks so bad about you? Yeah, I think for me, I just look at it like... I'm not... One, it's never fun to go back in your own head and think about exes. Because 99% of the time, it ends poorly. That's the reason it ends. If it wasn't going to end poorly, it would have just not ended. So like, one part of my brain is like, I don't want to go back there. But I, I see what you're saying. You're like, well, why do you not want to go back there? Is it because you have feelings? Mine's like, not really. It's just like it doesn't feel good to go back. It's like it's over. What what good's going to come of that? It's only going to... I'm probably going to go to the negative things that happen yeah. versus the good. And it's just going to make me feel like shit. Yeah. And then two, it's like, now thinking about yours though, I'm not trying to really think about you and another guy's dick. <laughs> See, that's where your mind goes there right away. With I think girls are much more emotional. The I physical think part. You guys might be slightly more evolved. Yeah. A hundred percent. We're just You're trying to evolved. figure out what a big chunk of your life was like before us. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. There that's good perspective. I, I didn't... Uh, the, the A couple of those... I mean, I the, the second point for sure, I wasn't really in tune to about, oh, this is kind of this could be kind of like a test. Like, let's see how he responds. Does he respond like Ryan where it's like, okay, it's clear. This guy's still in love with his ex. So yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Last, last couple things. One, I just want to really quick on Ryan's hair. God. We had some back and forth over this because I actually think his hair is getting better because as we discussed in season one, his makeup artist was having to spend eight hours super gluing that shit together. She quit. Clearly. She quit and probably killed herself. <laughs> She committed suicide. Yeah. No, that's true. She definitely did. And then you actually hate it, though. Yeah. I'm is it because that. you don't like the helmet look on the fellas? Yeah. <laughs> Never been a fan of the helmet look. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that that seems to have died. Yeah. Quick death. Because yeah. I don't see that around the streets much anymore. Much more manicured look these days. I'll tell you what, our friend Tom... And I pray to God we get it. He is a big podcast guy. Shout out to Tom. I hope he's listening. Sup, Tom. Sup, Tom. Tom had one hell of a fucking helmet back in the day. <laughs> a hell of a helmet. Kudos to him. Love that guy. We gotta get him on the pod. Oh, completely agree. Yeah. Would love to get Tom on. Um, last thing. Uh, Alex is one of the hottest girls in the world to us. Olivia Wilde. Pat and I spent no less than 37 minutes last episode drooling all over her and we were just constantly getting into our own little pillow fight that we like to have around here sometimes he tosses a pillow over to me i cover myself i toss it back to him he covers himself it's cool though it's It's all about normal cool guy stuff it's cool guy stuff it's all about just not showing your friends your boundaries that's all unless they ask unless they ask 
Here, intern Whitney made a comment that Alex is not her cup of tea. That made us sad in the pants. And we're just curious what your thoughts are on why you don't think Olivia Wilde, you don't like her sharp features, <laughs> no. You don't like her eyebrows. No. And you thought she was a little masculine. Yeah. Wow. All things on I trial. love. <laughs> <laughs> and all things that are totally unfair for me to Alex say. Alex is on trial right now. Yeah. On trial. Yeah. And it sucks because I think eyebrows, that went right over my head. Okay. I haven't looked at her eyebrows yet. In terms of her sharp features, didn't I'm not really clocking those either. But... You brought up an interesting point about the masculine thing because I think there is something to some like models and stuff. Like I think like supermodels and there's like a masculine sort of feature to them, like broad shoulders. Like an angular face. Angular face. Angular face. Cuts the light well. Yeah. So does that make, is that what guys think is hot? Like the sharp features Deep raspy voice. Deep raspy voice. Curly hair. Curly hair. Broad shoulders. Either I am just into fucking dudes. <laughs> yeah. Or I think, uh, there's something I think that to might this. be the case. Yeah, we might be getting at the heart of the issue. Yeah, uh, could just be into dudes. So breaking news, but um, yeah, I, I I feel like there might be something to just Whitney likes softer features on the ladies. She likes a little delicate. She likes a more delicate. Yeah. Lady, that's that's just what you're into. Yeah, just preference. You said you were really into summer. What about summer makes makes you into her versus like the hottest girl that me and Pat have ever seen, <laughs> Olivia Wilde? I I just find summer to be more feminine and like yeah, smaller, delicate feet. That it's just it's all a matter of preference. I think it's definitely you'd ask five other girls and they might have five other opinions but it is it's interesting because i realize i'm a hypocrite in having this viewpoint because would you say, say beauty is in the eye of the beholder i'd say 100 <laughs> percent. that's a great quote pat thank you you make that Did up you come up with that all by yourself yeah yeah it is interesting because intern whitney does have similar features to olivia watt yeah and so we were thinking maybe you hate yourself. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe that's We're something. getting really deep on this Yeah, episode. maybe psychologically we need to dive into yeah. just your feelings on yourself. Yeah. That's Next why episode. I hate Inspector Gadget. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fun fact about Pat. Um, if you ever want to know exactly what Pat looks like, just look up the cartoon version of Inspector Gadget, not the Matthew Broderick version. That version sucks. Look up the cartoon version of Inspector Gadget. That is exactly what Pat looks like. He has the exact same face shape, and I think he's gone as him for Halloween seven times. Just the once, but it was a the best night of my life. And not when not when you're being Willy Wonka, because you have been that for Halloween. And fun fact, that is where you guys met. That is true. When that Pat true. was dressed up like Willy Wonka, that was the night they met and yep. they fell in love. Was Pat was dressed up like the Candyman. <laughs> The okay. Rest, the rest explains itself. All right. So I now want to get into um, a couple things. I we've shit on Marissa a lot. We and have. Yeah. I, I mean, must we, have missed it. We have a running segment where it's essentially oh, yeah. all yeah. about how much Marissa blows ass. But I gotta say, with all the shitting that we do on Marissa, I do want to give her some props if you'll let me. Yeah, I'm more than happy to hear this. Okay. 
I think Marissa plays being drunk and plays an emotionally distraught teenager who cries all the time and stuff and the whole the world is ending always really flawlessly. I think that's why we hate her so much is because Misha Barton, as much as we don't love her in real life because she scorned you mm-hmm. in, in the Viper Room in Los Angeles back in 09, I think she just plays the character really well. Yeah, I really was believing that she was flying off the handle in this episode. A lot, it's, it's hard to play those things. We have seen so many people on TV and in movies try and play drunk and she, suck at she it. She doesn't go, it's not like, she obviously, she doesn't go big with it. Yeah, there's, she, but she goes subtle, wild. Yeah. It's like she's totally loose cannon, out of control, but it's loose not cannon. huge. She's not yelling, she's just like, oh. What is what's gonna happen? She's that's the perfect word. She's a loose cannon, and she plays it to where you never. It's not big like every second of her playing drunk. She's outlandish and crazy. It's subtle, and she's kind of just like you can just see it in her eyes and how she's moving that she's fucked up. But she is so drunk that she's such a loose cannon that you're just like God. I never know at any moment she's gonna fucking pop off and just ruin a public function again for her family. But she does it flawlessly. And then the other thing is crying. Like, we've seen Ben Buttons McKenzie fucking look like he's going to take a shit trying to fart. I mean... Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Cool with the the potty humor. (laughs) Jeez. That's a Freudian slip. Freudian slip. Sorry, kids. I meant we look at at Ben Buttons uh, McKenzie looking like he's going to take a shit. He's, He's trying to cry. And it's like... Ryan, in season one, when he's finding out that he's got to go back and live with him, fucking Chino, which that would make anyone cry, him trying to cry, he can't do it to save his fucking life. Marissa, it's just like, boom, on command. Yeah, crushes it. Go. That's probably why she thought she was too big for the show. She looks like Denzel Washington in Glory. Exactly. Oscar She winning. looks exactly like Denzel Washington in Glory. <laughs> Oscar winning performance when he is getting whipped and he just has one single tear come down his cheek Marissa is able to do that and while we fucking hate her with with every fiber of our being we also share a very soft place in our heart for her but we still want to kill her it's about as soft as her pillowy lips um another uh, last thing I'll just say Marissa is wearing loose comfortable sweatpants and a sweatshirt in this episode big 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 turn on for me Mm-hmm. I love a girl looking comfortable. I know you do. I don't need her all done up. I actually just get a, a sweatshirt on that's a little too big, a couple a fucking sweatpants or jo- or like yoga pants. Maybe some Uggs. Maybe some Uggs. Hair just, I don't really care. Just whatever, relaxing hair. And God, it gets me going. It just makes me want to rip all those comfortable clothes right on off. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you put them back on and then you're soft. You're just <laughs> soft to hang out with. Uh, one thing, one crazy thing that happened in episode eight that I just wanted, the only thing I'll say about episode eight, it was very clear that Sandy put it in his contract. Peter Gallagher put it in his contract that said, I'll come back and do season two is the main headlining star of this teen drama show. The only way I do that, though, Schwartz, I need guarantees that I can have one episode dedicated 
to me singing at the bait shop. And he got it. And he got it. Schwartz caved on that negotiation. And Lon lounge lounge singing Sandy scene. We got it. Sandy singing made me want to just take a pencil and just stab myself in the eye repeatedly until I'm blind. And then I wanted to take that same pencil and shove it into my fucking earlobes until I couldn't hear. That's how bad his fucking singing is. It was uh, it was out of place. It was kind Let of... me give one more extreme example. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. want to take a glass rod, shove it up my pee hole, and break it off. Okay. That's the pain I would have rather endured than watching fucking Sandy Pete Gallagher Cohen singing at the bait shop. That's fair enough. What'd you think about it? Uh, it was alright. It was just out of place. It was a good kumbaya moment where everybody was happy. But like you were saying, it's almost like Sandy's agent wrote an email to Josh Wards every single week and was like, hey, you know he can sing. <laughs> you know he can sing. Can we get the singing episode in? Hey, you know he can sing. You know, you know what's great about Pete Gallagher? Pipes. Like, he's a dual threat. Pipes. Yeah, dual threat. We know he's not a triple threat, but uh, he's a dual threat. I, guess. I did the only the only bright spot of that scene. It was obnoxious that he was saying because like, all right, we fucking we know it. He's cool. Like whatever, move past it. I did like the reaction shots with Kirsten where she's clearly like on the surface she's annoyed that he's singing and like doing this, and, <laughs> yeah. and she's like, oh, don't encourage him. But you know that she is getting super excited. Yeah, deep down, she's like. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Sandy's having sex tonight. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, I know. Fuck. Makes my skin crawl thinking about those two old people having sex. Yes. It yeah, does. I don't like that. Um, when they're at the bait shop, Zach comes in and he checks up on Summer. And when he's there, he, he when he's checking up on her, he's she's like, hey, are you checking up on me? Is that why you're here? Because we were just supposed to be here for a girl's night out. We're getting Lindsay fucked up drunk. What's up? Why are you here? And he's like, oh, yeah, I came here because I'm checking in on you, Summer. That's exactly why I came here. And it just made me think, because there was this episode of King of Queens where, and just full disclosure, I'm going to go on another side tangent here for a couple minutes, completely off topic of the OC. Are you okay with this? Please do. Okay. Um, Doug Heffernan does this where Carrie's always trying to bring in new groups of friends into the relationship. And this always ha- this this happens sometimes to me where like your significant other's coming in like you'll love this couple you'll love this couple, and then I'm just thinking, yeah, but this isn't one of my friends that I've had for the past 15 years, so I probably won't love this couple, and I don't want to make new friends. And then you're forced to. And in this episode of King Queens, what Doug does when Carrie's always trying to bring around like a new work couple that she knows at this new job. Whenever she goes, like, leaves the dinner and goes in to, like, get, you know, a pot of coffee or, like, you know, dessert, he always does something really fucking ridiculous, so ridiculous, that if they ever told her that's the reason they don't want to hang out with her anymore, she would never believe him. So, like, one episode, Doug will, like, take his shirt off and just start rubbing his fat stomach and just be like, what do you guys think? Do you think that it's just, is this too much belly hair? Some people say it's too much, but I don't think it's enough. And he'll just rub it and like stick his finger in his belly button. Anyways, my point is, is that whenever he does this and they tell Carrie, he does that same thing. Like, did you rub your stomach and 
twiddle your thumbs through your belly hair and then point at your belly button and say, is this enough hair to my fucking friends? If you always say it in that tone of voice of, yeah, Carrie, that's exactly what I did. I rubbed my belly hair and I put my finger <laughs> like this in my belly button? Wow. Ten years, Carrie. Ten years. You think you know someone. So anyways, I was just thinking that when... I don't know if you thought that was a side tangent, but... Um, <laughs> you can get away with a lot if you uh, just say... If you say it in that tone of voice, like... The other person just goes like, Oh shit, I am being ridiculous. I, that was dumb. <laughs> You're right, I'm sorry. Yeah, Zach is always getting caught totally flat-footed like that. Yeah, Zach sucks. Um, I do... I just want to do one more thing. And then we'll get to your MVP of the week. All right. This is a clip. I just want to show one more clip. Let's 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 get. I want to show this in clip because it's Ryan yelling at Marissa aggressively, and it really was, gives it to her. It was such a seminal moment because it was like all of Ryan's past coming out, like all of his beating ass past. You know, his drunk mom that was all coming out. And they should all the, like I feel like we even got like bottled up stuff from like stuff that he still had bottled up from the Oliver episodes. Just lots of lots of anger. I through. mean, Marissa's put him with through enough shit, dude. Yeah, like it did came out in this little this little uh, scene right here. Yeah, I mean, so I don't blame him for like you know popping off at Marissa like this. He went a little too far, especially like guy yelling at a girl kind of thing. But like, okay, so here's the clip. We should get her home. I can do that. I think you've done enough. Oh, okay. So this is the part where you blame it all on me? You're right. It's Lindsay's idea to pound straight vodka and pass out. Feel good to see someone else messed up for a change? It was her idea. And, okay, so it got a little out of control. Always does with you. You spent all last year trying to drag me down with you, and now her? You want to make a mess out of your own life? Fine! You're doing a pretty good job of it, if you ask me. No one asked you. What did you say? Right, let's, let's go. I'm not leaving her here. I'll take care of her. You go. Yeah, come on. That'll be fine. You spent the last year dragging me down into your shit. Yeah, he went to Mad Jabsville. Yeah, fuck. He went, he did. He went to Mad Jabsville. So, let's, why don't you explain what a Mad Jab is? So, first of all, I'll explain what a jab is. Okay. Take a step back. So, take a quick step back. Jabs are fun. Jabs are good-natured. Jab, jabbing one of your buddies or jabbing somebody just like, you know, they just know a little bit. It's just a kind of a way to show some affection, get a little back and forth going. Um, it's friendly. It's playful. And that's how guys hang out. That's how guys, guys hang out. Guys hang out, they jab each other. Yeah, it's like, I've probably jabbed you a couple times throughout this episode. Yeah. Deservedly uh, so. Yeah, you, you jab somebody... They jab you back. You kind of have a little banter going forth. Like, no harm, no foul. You, if you know somebody well enough, you know things that are totally inbounds that they don't get sensitive about. You jab mm. them on those things, and it's funny. A mad jab is the other side of the page, where it's a no-fly zone. Yeah, it's like you know that person, and you know their mom passed away two years ago, so you talking shit about their mom, not cool. It's ba- Yeah, it's basically... Mostly loaded with somebody who you know well because you know them so well that you know for a fact like, oh, I can say this and this is really going to hurt them. 
So you bust that out, and it's a mad jab. Can I just... That is bad news. Yes. We already brought up Tom, our friend Tom, in this episode. Sup, Tom? Sup, Tom. I do want to bring up one of my most favorite Tom stories, which is kind of in conjunction to this, which is when we were growing up, what Tom would do when we would meet someone for the first time is he would have one of our friends go over to that person and say, oh, this is hilarious. Go ask this guy. Go ask him how fast his little brother is. And then the person who didn't know him would be like, what? Why? Why would I go ask? Who is that? It's like, it's my friend. We're really good friends. Just go ask him. It's hilarious. Whenever this happens, like, everyone, it's hilarious. Everyone just starts cracking up. Just ask him how fast his little brother is. It's so funny. Then the person who knows nothing about anyone will go up and say, Hey, yeah, uh, hey, uh, uh, uh what's that? Uh, 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 how fast is your little brother? And then Tom would just look at him, dead <laughs> in the eyes. No smiling. And none of us would laugh. And the person who went up and asked is like out on the ledge. They're like, alright, this is gonna be apparently this is gonna be some funny stuff. And and he would just look at her and dead serious, just be like, My my little brother doesn't have legs. You fucking dick. You're sick. You're sick. <laughs> just see the funniest. I don't know why that was so funny. Full disclosure, Tom has three brothers, and they all have legs. <laughs> they are all fully-legged humans, um, which just, that, that, to your point, made it not a mad jab. Had his brother actually been legless, then that would have been in the mad jab territory. We would have never asked that person to ask Tom about his brothers. No legs. Right. Okay. I just started sweating, thinking about, I, that never happened to me, but yeah. <laughs> if I asked Tom about his brother's legs and had that for probably about five seconds, I might have actually had a heart attack and died. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, you want to give your you want to wrap it up? Give your uh, your MVP, yeah. your MVP of the week through episodes five through nine. Yeah. Never thought this would happen, but I'm giving it to Jimmy the Snake. Oh Cooper. no! Yeah, man. Not Why? saying he's a good guy. Not saying he's a good actor, but he was in the mix this episode. It's his. So your your is your MVP credentials just how much you're in the mix? Uh, it's basically how much you added to the show. Okay. So, like your PER, like your efficiency rating, how many scenes you were in, and yeah. were they all value scenes? Mm-hmm. How many how many like enjoyable moments we had? Even listening back to this, I knew this might be controversial, but both of the clips we played. Jimmy Cooper getting shed on. Yeah, that's uh, true. Jimmy that's Cooper true. has a going away party where Marissa pops off and there's tons of drama. So he has a party thrown for him. Yeah, loves lobster rolls. Uh, he then, after Marissa freaks out, he goes and finds her at her spot and they have like a nice uh, dad and daughter moment. He um, had sex a lot this these episodes with Julie. Oh yeah, he spent a lot of time on the boat. boat. Yeah, um, I mean you're right. I feel like we just got to give him some credit because... Yeah, Not, it doesn't always have to be a hero that's getting MVP. Sometimes it's just some guys putting up points, pulling down rebounds, and just getting in the mix. I mean, he put this episode over the top. Look, you either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. You sure do. Alrighty, I think uh, I think that should do it then. Let's wrap it there. Um, I just want to say, boys and girls, have a good night, and... 
Do less? Do way less. Do way less? To hear more episodes, follow us at Vicarious Living on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there. He's just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there. Just not pictured. <laughs>